0: So I said earlier that our tradition of gift-giving can be traced in the Christian church uh, to the Magi who brought gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh to Jesus. So if you have your Bibles or your mobile device, uh, turn to Matthew 2, and we're going to read about those uh, first giving of gifts. Let's all stand out of reverence for God's Word as I read the text. This is God's Word. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. May God bless the hearing and teaching of his inspired, infallible, inerrant, and authoritative word. This is God's Word. He gave it to us because He loves us. And He wants us to understand the great gift He has given to us in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, would you please open our eyes this Christmas morning? And as a result, this Christmas would mean more to us than had we not come here this morning. Because your Word is able to build us up in the most holy faith. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. So besides the tradition of gift-giving, another tradition we, we enter into during this season is the singing of Christmas carols, and we did that this morning as well. One well-known Christmas carol that not a lot of people sing all the verses of is is the carol "We three kings of Orient are." You remember that, of course, right? I think we have the words. It starts off "We three kings of Orient are." Now, not to be a spoiler, but there's nothing in the text that I just read that said there were three of them. the, the text merely says there was more than one. There were three gifts, and so the the carol just assumes there were three, but we really don't know that, and. We don't think they were kings, they were sort of philosophers, uh, astronomers, priests. But nonetheless, uh, there is a lot of truth in this carol. Now, Orient, I don't know about y'all, when I think of Orient, I think of Japan, I think of Korea, I think of China, but most likely uh, these magi, these wise men were from Iraq, Uh, They proudly traveled the 545 miles from Baghdad uh, to Bethlehem. And then uh, they followed the star, and the first uh, element that was given, the first gift that was given was gold. And so the first point this morning is we learn from the gifts to worship Jesus as our king. If you look at verse 2 on the carol, it says, born a king on Bethlehem's plain, gold I bring to crown him again, king forever, ceasing never, over us all to reign. Gold is the symbol of royalty. Kings love to wear crowns of gold. They have golden scepters. Their palaces are, are covered with gold. They, they eat off of gold plates. They drink out of, of gold cups. And when you think of a king, oftentimes you think of the need to live in submission, to live in subjection. And of course, there is an element of that, that, that those of us who follow Christ want to uh, submit every error of our life to him as Lord but what God wants us to understand about King Jesus is he is the good king he is the king that surpasses all of the kings that Israel ever had Israel longed for a king that would protect them that would provide for them that would defeat all of her enemies and Jesus is that king What enemies are you facing this morning? What struggles? What trials? How do you need protection? How do you need provision? Jesus is your king. A king rules. A king is sovereign. Where do you need to rest in the providence of God this morning? Where do things seem out of control? Where does your life feel like it's entering chaos? Jesus, who had gold presented to him, is the king of kings. He is in control of your life. He is ruling in and through your life for his glory and for your good. Will you trust your king this morning? And not only was Jesus born a king, but he will one day return as king of kings and lord of lords. And all the desires you have for peace and joy and fulfillment. All of those desires will one day be fulfilled if you know Christ as your king. And then another magi brought frankincense, and that's where we learn to worship Jesus as God. We see verse 3 of the carol. Frankincense to offer have I, Incense owns a deity nigh. In other words, Jesus was God come near. A deity nigh, a deity near. Jesus owned the incense. He was given the incense by the Magi. Prayer and praising, voices raising, worshiping God on high. Frankincense was used in worship, not just in Israel, Not just in the temple, not just in the sanctuary, but frankincense was used for the worship of deities all around the globe. And as the wise men, the magi, visited Jesus, they brought him frankincense as a symbol of the God who has come near. And the God who hears prayer in the book of Revelation We learn that the prayers of the saints are like incense rising up before God. Jesus hears our prayers. But not only does Jesus hear our prayer, we learn in Hebrews 7 that Jesus now, having risen from the dead, lives to make intercession for us. And so this child that we worship that was born on Christmas Day that grew into a man that suffered and died and rose again and ascended on high, he wants to hear your prayers. Do you sometimes feel that your prayers don't get past the ceiling? I feel that sometimes, but guess what? If you know Christ, that's not a true feeling. I mean, you feel it, but it's not in line with reality. Jesus delights in hearing prayer. Jesus came near. He is with us. And so keep on praying, keep on crying out, and remember that your prayers are received by Jesus like incense, like frankincense was received by the infant Child, And then thirdly, we learn from this text that we worship Jesus as Savior. The third gift, we had gold, we had frankincense. The third gift was myrrh. Now, myrrh was a perfume. It was often put over bodies when they were dead to to keep the, the smell and the stench from getting too bad as the body was decaying. And, of course, it's obvious what myrrh then stood for. Gold recognized Jesus as king. Frankincense recognized Jesus as God. The myrrh recognized Jesus as Savior, that he was born to die. And so we have the fourth verse. Myrrh is mine, its bitter perfume breathes a life of gathering gloom, sorrowing, sighing, bleeding Dying sealed in the stone cold tomb. Isn't it amazing that God had things happen soon after Jesus was born? By the way, you you do know that the the magi that are part of our nativity sets, uh, this is likely two years after Jesus was born. Jesus was probably a toddler when the Magi finally arrived. But nonetheless, God in his providence set it up that from the very earliest days of his life, Jesus was revealed as king, as God, and as Savior. And yet the good news is that Jesus didn't remain in the grave And that's why the last verse of the song is so important. Glorious now behold him arise, king and God and sacrifice. Alleluia, alleluia, sounds through the earth and skies. Isn't it amazing that the story of the Magi presents the entire story of the gospel? Are you trusting Jesus as your king to rule over your life? for good? Are you willing to surrender every area of your life to this king? Are you worshiping Jesus as God? Have you presented your life to him? Do you trust that he longs to answer your prayers? Do you believe he is God come near? Do you believe he's always with you and he will never ever leave you or forsake you? Have you trusted Jesus as your savior? Have you transferred your trust from your own efforts to try to build your own record that would be acceptable to God? And are you casting yourself completely on the finished work of Christ, his obedient life, his substitutionary death? And are you rejoicing on this Christmas day, not merely that Jesus was born, but that he died for you. He paid the penalty for your sins. He rose again. He lives on high to look out for you, to care for you, to protect you, to defend you, to defeat all of your enemies. And he will come again as King of kings and Lord of lords if you've trusted him to bring you to the place where all that is bad suddenly becomes untrue, and everything that is great and more than you could ever imagine, we enter into. This table is a place where we celebrate all of the gifts that were brought to Jesus and reveal who He is. On the night Jesus was betrayed, He took bread and He broke it, and He said, this is my body given for you. Why do we celebrate Christmas and and the sharing of gifts, ultimately it's not even because of the Magi, is it? Ultimately, it's because God gave us His Son as the greatest gift of all. And we celebrate that as we partake of the bread this morning. Then after supper, Jesus took the cup and He said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood poured out for the remission of sins of many. Drink from it, all of you, and give thanks. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your indescribable gift. Thank you for Jesus. And now, God, we ask you in prayer, because we know you answer prayer, set apart these elements from their common use. We recognize they remain bread and the fruit of the vine. And yet may they be means of grace through which we experience the reality of God coming near to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.